When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Off The Bench for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup power. And welcome to another big edition of Off The Bench. Nims is all and Scotty Sattler with you. We do it for Kubota diesel generators for serious backup power and our mates at First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. Scotty Sattler sits opposite me in the studio. Sat, well, welcome. Round six is upon us and uh, what a great way to kick it all off with a stellar clash uh, where the bunnies actually got the chocolates. Yeah, it was, a, it was a really good game. I mean, scrappy in some occasions, but uh, a great contest between two very passionate sides. It's one of the most enduring rivalries we've seen in rugby league for many, many years, Nims. And um, I was only walking down the street this morning and just talking to a couple of tradies as I was standing alongside my car. And, and they, were, they were Parramatta fans, and one was a Penrith fan, another one was a Tigers fan. They were all just saying they can't remember a competition. And I think we say this at the start of every year, but I think this year more often than not, that I haven't seen a, a competition that's so lopsided when it comes to your tipping. And also just teams that at the start of the season were, were hot tipped to either lose coaches or after five wins probably only have one or two wins are, are now leading the competition. It's just a crazy, crazy year. Yeah, it really has been. But uh, look, let's get straight into it. We'll touch on um, Thursday night's game a little bit later on in the show. But let's have a look at the Friday preview for our mates at 7-Eleven. Be coffee clever at 7-Eleven. Good call. Now, Melbourne Storm are in action tonight. They're against Newcastle. Both teams yep. have had a fair bit of uh, media scrutiny on them. Melbourne, because obviously they're not reaching the success that we're all accustomed to. And Newcastle, well, for some com- uh, some comments that may, have, may or may not have been said, uh, out of line by their coach, Nathan Brown. So heading into this clash, um, do you reckon that this is going to be an outside interference into what's going to happen on the park? No, I don't think... I think it's probably going to have a, a more profound effect on the Melbourne Storm with the with the dropping of, of Brody Croft, their young number number seven, who they're going to put so much of their future into it, and, and so they should because he's going to be a very good player. But with only two wins from their first five games, they're really in unfamiliar territory. The, the Storm, it's the club's worst start to a season since 2004. And Craig Bellamy took over at the Melbourne Storm in 2003. So, yeah, but he's had to make some pretty tough calls, Nims, hasn't he, with um, with the dropping of, of Brodie Croft. And I think it's the shot that really had to be, that had to be fired over the top of the Melbourne Storm. And mm. we've never had, we've never seen this previously from Melbourne, but because they've never had to have make wholesale changes or, or try and threaten a position. Um, which is going to have a, a, an effect on everyone else's mindset about what their position within the team as well. But they need a change in the playing group. And, you know, unfortunately, Brodie Croft is the the sacrificial lamb out of all of this. We're going to see him come back. We know that. But because he has done that, Nims, because he has fired a shot at the playing group and saying that, you know, no one is safe within this club from Cameron Smith all the way mm. down... Um, Unfortunately, Brody's going to be the sacrificial lamb, as I said, but hopefully it's going to wake everyone up a little bit, and I think it will. I think it will. I think it sends a pretty strong message to the playing group when a young player that they've 
they have uh, put so much time and effort into into getting through these NRL uh, debut that he made last year is all of a sudden now playing in second grade. So, uh, yeah, it's going to have a real profound effect on the Melbourne Storm. The Newcastle Knights, it's an interesting one. Nathan Brown's now come out and said that that his uh, his comment about Wayne Bennett's little head and big head, big mm-hmm. head, his little head wasn't actually making any reference to his private life, but it was more the little head was his ego. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Nathan Brown can try and explain that as much as he can. Yeah, we all know what he was <laughs> I talking about. I think we all know what he was talking about. Um, but the Newcastle Knights travelling along nicely at the moment. And um, again, one of those sides we expected to improve. They have improved. But this matchup tonight between Billy Slater and the young Kalen Ponger, it's the master versus the apprentice. And it's, that in itself is just a mouth-watering battle. Mm. Look, it's, it should be an absolutely epic clash. And uh, you know, the, the Storm, it, it's just because they're so primed for the success that we're used to them. This hasn't really been a bad season. There, I'm sure Parramatta would love to have the season that Melbourne Storm are having right now. <laughs> Let's face it, it's not all doom and gloom, is it? No, it's not. And the really good teams, they don't panic too much at the start of the year. Like the Broncos, funnily enough. The comment from Sam Thiday last well, week, which was about, this wasn't about just winning today, it was about just improving. Well, when you get embarrassed a week before, that's all you've got to do is you've just got to try and slowly improve. And the real good teams don't panic too much in the first five to seven rounds. And as I said, they're two from five. Um, the two teams they have beat are struggling in mm-hmm. the Bulldogs and North Queensland Cowboys. They're struggling to score points. They got beaten by the Sharks because they lost their heads. They lost their cool, which we never see the Melbourne Storm do. And I think Cooper Cronk, in a sense, is, was one of those kings of composure. And then... The West Tigers, well, they did a Melbourne on Melbourne. They defended their way to win yeah. and frustrated the Melbourne Storm. So it's the way they're losing, which is probably going to be so confusing for for Craig Bellamy because well, they've only lived through they've only lived through four tries all up to lose. So it's not yes. like they've been completely smashed in all their games. It's just been you know maybe a couple of tweaks here and there that needs to fix up the uh, the men in purple. Yeah, and I mean, they're missing Will Chambers as well, their international centre who was suspended as well from that Cronulla game. So, you know, they lost a couple of quality players in Cronk for forever, and then they've lost Will Chambers the last couple of weeks. So, as we said, they're in a little bit of unfamiliar territory, but we just know that this side is so mentally tough. Yeah. So mentally tough. And we just, we know they're going to be a top four team at the end of the season, but they're just going to have to bite, scratch and kick to get there as opposed to other years. Yeah, 100% there. And uh, let's have a quick look at the Saturday preview for our mates at 7-11. Be coffee clever at 7-11. Good call. A big game uh, in the grand scheme of things, I reckon, because it's going to be interesting to see which Broncos rock up. And we've often seen when teams are on unbeaten runs, it's always a real out-of-left-field bogey side that maybe down on their luck that somehow managed to end that streak. But... Uh, do the Broncos actually have any chance against the Warriors who are unbeaten? I mean, they're at their home deck. Mount Smart Stadium has been absolutely packed to the brim with mm. Warriors fans ever since they've had this stellar run. But uh, which Broncos are going to rock up? Well, simple message to most NRL clubs uh, as they scratch their heads looking to increase crowd attendances. They try and look for um, cheaper tickets or they look at halftime entertainment or game day experience, Nims. We always hear about game day experience to bring the fans back. Oh, here's a simple message win (laughs) if you just win people will turn up so I know it's easier said than done but you are right the Mount Smart Stadium 25,500 for that double header last week Um, yeah the Broncos do have a chance against the Warriors because they're the Broncos I know they haven't been at their best but for some reason when everyone believes that they're they're finished and they're gone and they're moving into a new chapter and they've got to 
re-find and redevelop themselves, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. they find something, the Broncos. This Warriors side, but you know, last year they finished with a nine-match losing streak. Uh, Stephen Kearney, was, their coach, was tipped to be the first coach sacked mm-hmm. after the first eight or nine rounds. Simon Mannering returned last week. They're they're very uh, inspirational skipper. So the Broncos they're up against it. You know, Sean Johnson back as well. So uh, I've got grave concerns for the Broncos early on in the season. I think they're going to eventually come good. They're, they've got too many class players not to come good. I think the Warriors will beat them, but the Broncos have a really good record against the Warriors. And um, but unfortunately, the frame of mind they're in at the moment, the Broncos. I think the Warriors are just a little bit too balanced. It's also this time last week we were all talking about uh, how Kevy Walters basically um, just said to Wayne, "Look, mate, I've had enough. See ya." That that's definitely not the sign that this is a club where everything's going thumbs up. No, no, ex- exactly. It's um, you know, it, a little bit like the Melbourne Storm. They've always been a club that's always been really settled, both on and off the field, and and operationally they run very smoothly. But I think the chink in the armour has, has started to show also. And, this might sound really, really ridiculous of what I'm about to say, but with Nathan Brown basically a personal attack against Wayne Bennett last week, once upon a time that was that was just a no-go zone. You didn't challenge Wayne Bennett in the game of rugby league. It's like Phil Gould. You don't challenge Phil Gould. Mm. One, because they're rugby league credential. Two, because they, they, are, they were basically untouchable in rugby league. Uh, because of their intelligence and their standing within the game. So much respected standing. But by Nathan Brown standing up for his club last week and saying, I don't care whether you're the Prime Minister, the President of the United States or Wayne Bennett, I'm going to protect my club for what I believe in, sort of says to me that there is a chink in the armour of the Broncos. They're not as invincible as what everyone thought they were in years gone by. And and it's showing on the field as well. They're, there's a lot of deficiencies in their game now and but there's only one man, and we know there's one man that's better than, than most that will find a solution for it, and that's Wayne Bennett, and he will eventually. Yeah, he's pulled enough rabbits out of the hat uh, over yeah. his tenure there, so you, you can imagine that uh, it's not going to be smooth sailing uh, for the Warriors, regardless whether or not they're second or first or unbeaten on the ladder. But uh, look, should be pretty interesting to see what happens. That was our Saturday preview. For 7-Eleven, delicious sandwiches, hot pastries, and $1 coffee, 7-Eleven, good call. You are listening to uh, Off the Bench with Nimsazor and Scott Sattler. We do it for Kubota diesel generators that provide reliable, constant backup power you need when you need it, and our mates at First Choice Liquor. Time for a quick update. Uh, thanks to our mates at PointsBet. PointsBet introducing 20-point payout on NRL games all season. Andrew's joined us once again. Morning, Andy. How's things? Good morning. Yeah, very well, very well. It was a good result for the uh, book last night with the upset and the Rabbitohs getting home. So uh, that was a good one for the book, but not as good uh, for punters. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, yeah, we got tipping comps. Big game of Friday night footy tonight, though. Yeah, no, it has been. It's been a very, very even betting affair, surprisingly. So we thought the Dragons would be heavily backed, but um, but uh, yeah, the money's actually been coming for Cronulla more with us. Um, we took seven thousand dollars earlier in the week on on Cronulla at two dollars sixty. Um, they're into two fifty five at the moment. So um, yeah, so we're a little bit surprised with that. We thought that uh, the Dragons would be hard to bet. Who do you boys like in that one? Oh, I think playing at Wollongong. I don't think I ever won at Wollongong in my thirteen years, and it's it's a completely <laughs> different place when you play at Shark Park or or. Um, or at Cogra. So I think being at Wollongong, I think it even makes it even harder to beat the Dragons, Andy. Yeah, well, uh, you're right. History does does show that. The Saints are 
five and one. So they've won five of their last six against the Sharks in Wollongong. Um, and they've covered six of their last nine at the line. So the line tonight is minus five and a half for the Dragons. So historically, um, when the two teams do play in Wollongong, it has been all Saints. So um, you're right, they're the, the, the Sharks have found it, found it hard as you did. Now, what about the other game, the interesting one? Uh, we just never know which way the Broncos are going to go, and we don't know which, which way the Warriors are ever going to go either. But the Warriors at, at uh, 0-5, five wins, I should say, uh, they were there playing at Mount Smart Stadium against the Brisbane Broncos. Is, is, is it all in favour of the Warriors, or is there some confidence in the Broncos? No, yeah, exactly the same as in the um, Dragon-Sharks game, actually. The, the outsider's been the one who's been backed here, so... Brisbane, uh, they've been backed into $2.80. They were $2.90 earlier in the week. And then the Warriors, they've drifted from $1.45 to $1.48. So historically, the Warriors have actually been pretty poor at home when they've been a clear favourite. So they've actually won at the line in only two of their last 11 when they've been a favourite of four points or more. So they're a five-point favourite in this game. Uh, so only two, two, two of 11 there. Um, the Broncos, when they've been an outsider of four points or more, they've won nine of their last 13 at the line. Um, so they're, they're pretty good when they're outsiders. Broncos, backs against the wall. Um, Wayne Bennett, that siege mentality. Uh, punters are actually getting behind them to, to cause the upset and inflict the first uh, defeat on New Zealand. Now, uh, the one that I'm really interested in is the hopefully the resurgence of the Cowboys. They've struggled to score points. They're playing the Bulldogs this week, which I think is the perfect team for JT to get some form again. But I want the Cows at 13+. plus. Is, is there much of a, a, a price in that, or is it pretty short? It is pretty short. They're, they're expected to win pretty easily, the Cowboys, despite their 1-4 and four record. So they're 9.5-point favourites in that game. If you want the 13+, plus, you're looking at about $2.20 there. So... You can more than double your money about the 13-plus win, but it is the shortest way home in, in the margin betting. Uh, there's, there's a lot of confidence. That's the, they are one of the favourites that has been back. We took a bet of 10000 on them just at the head-to-head price of $1.25 earlier in the week. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of confidence about the Cowboys. I was, I was looking at the premiership market, actually, earlier, and the Cowboys, despite being 1-4, and four, they're still third favourites in premiership betting. So... Everyone wow. still believes in them. Um, yeah, I guess they, 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 they started the season as favourites and they're still right at the top of the market. Yeah, well, you never really want to write a team like that off, uh, do you, Andy? But, um, look, mate, it's going to be, either way, it's going to be an absolutely tremendous round of footy. And uh, cheers for the tips. Hopefully we've got a couple of winners in there. And, as always, gamble responsibly. And uh, we'll chat to you again same time next week. Sounds good. Thank you. There we go. Andrew from PointsBet there joining us for a update. PointsBet introducing 20-point payout on NRL games all season. This is Off the Bench. We do it for Kubota diesel generators. They provide reliable, constant backup power you need when you need it. And our mates at First Choice Liquor. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Scott Sattler and Nims is all with you. Great to have you company. We are powered by Kubota. Kubota diesel generators for serious backup power and First Choice Liquor. We did mention this at the start of the show, but uh, Thursday night, what a game of footy to kick off round six. This has been just a remarkable round. Uh, I know, notwithstanding the... the, the um, Dragons and the Warriors being unbeaten, but uh, you've had some very competitive games of footy, and we knew going in, being being the derby, that this was going to be an absolute ball terror, but I could tell you, you were actually there, um, Sats, with Gary Belcher and the NRL Nation call team to see it live. How did it all unfold uh, in a rather scrappy game between the Bunnies? Yeah, it was scrappy, but we we really enjoyed the way that the South Sydney Rabbitohs played, and Anthony Seabold, who's in his first years coaching at the NRL level, head coaching role. 
the plan that he went in with against the Roosters was an interesting one. Straight away from about the first two or three minutes, Nims, they they uh, cast their intentions very early by just on first tackle, they'd kick the ball and just hopefully come up with the result. And so they were playing really unpredictable and open style of rugby league, which was really enjoyable watching other than the predictability that can be in the game. And, and the Roosters, who tried to be so structured last night, they got taken out of their comfort zones a little bit. Their rhythm was knocked out by the way that the South played. And um, they really they got shot out of a cannon, the mm. Rabbits. And, and the, the Roosters, even though they scored the first try and they went, into the, they went in with an 8-2 lead and then all of a sudden it was an 8-all lead by half-time, they never really looked settled. Cooper Cronk was very quiet. Luke Keary tried hard. Latrell Mitchell was outstanding for the Roosters. But this South Sydney side, without Sam Burgess, which is huge, it was very and huge. Cameron Murray, yeah, their young back row. But George and Tom Burgess, Sam Burgess's brothers, they found the form of 2014 when they won the premiership. They picked up the slack. They were so aggressive in everything they did. And the young hooker, Damien Cook, has been mentioned in state of origin circles for New South Wales, was outstanding. And... Um, and so from the outset, it was really all about the Rabbitohs. And as you said, this has been a rivalry that has, has gone back to 1908 when the Roosters won the very first game of Rugby League, which is the Rabbitohs and Roosters, 13-12. And then in 1972, after the South Sydney played in six grand finals and won four of them, the Roosters stole one of their favourite sons in Ron Cooten. That's when the rivalry began between mm-hmm. the Roosters and the Rabbits, and it's it's lived to present day. And last night was played with, sorry, Thursday night was played with uh, so much um, so much enthusiasm, so much passion from both sides. But it was the Rabbits that um, that were the ones that got the chocolates. I suppose the Roosters they were really dealt with a a big blow prior to kickoff with uh, Takiaho, their very impressive goal kicking front row. He was ruled out due to an injury in the in the warm up. Yeah, that, that that's a that was a definitely behind the eight ball there from uh, for the Roosters, and I know that. Trent Robinson's pretty blessed with the list that he's got, but uh, something like that definitely upsets the apple cut a little oh, bit, doesn't absolutely it? Absolutely, it does. Yeah, you, yeah, you're going with a settled, settled side, and then you all of a sudden you've got an 18th man, a young guy by the name of Nat Butcher, who thinks he's not even going to play the game, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's told, you know what, you know, put your boots on, you're ready to go. So it does. It, it does unsettle a playing group. It's not an excuse of why you lose the game, but it can rattle you a little bit as a playing group when you're running out and. Er- I've been there before. We players are you're about to run out and you're looking around, and you're seeing your starting front row, who's the cornerstone of your pack, a player that is going to lay the platform for you. And all of a sudden, he's sitting down with his training singlet on, <laughs> and he's not about to run on. And then you're looking around as a player when you shouldn't be worrying about it, but you do. You look around, and you say, "You look, well, who's replacing him? Don't worry about it. You just run out. We'll we'll sort it." Yeah, but who's who's starting now and who's coming onto the bench? You start worrying about things that that affect your environment and. It showed at the start of the game when the the Roosters, they really were off the ball, but they were shell-shocked by the Rabbits. Yeah, and look, the other thing that I also noticed from Thursday night's game was uh, Gray Inglis. I mean, we all know that he's a superstar, but G.I., he's just he's just a guy that raises the rent around him, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's he's one of those players, it's, it's kind of frustrating. In origin, he always aims up. At club level, he drifts in and out of games, and... And uh, if he has a really powerful involvement really early on in the game, you know that he's on. But if he sits out and just waits for the ball to come to him, you know that you may as well replace him with someone else because you're expecting him to do something, but just emotionally he's not in the game. Mm-hmm. So Greg Inglis, he was he was amazing. In our 3-2-1 last night, um, he, was, he, got, he got my one point. Um, 
and Damien Cook was three points, and two points was Tom Burgess, the big number eight. So, but he was he was um, he was inspirational as a skipper, Greg Inglis. There's a couple of occasions where he just did his old Greg Inglis. He said, "Just give me the ball. I'm just going to try and just terrorise and decimate as many people in front of me." And Nelly scored a try um, just through his brute force, but was held up. He scored a really good try, uh, leaping over the top of everyone in a crossfield kick to score. And um, again, just one of those performances that you look to for one of your uh, one of your X Factor players. He was he was great. It was great to see. He looks fit. He looks fresh, and and he's dangerous when he's in that frame of mind. Righto, it's that time uh, on. Uh off the bench, where we do The Great Debate. The Great Debate for Kubota. Need a reliable, dependable diesel engine? Whatever the application, make sure it's powered by Kubota. Now, Kubota diesel generators provide reliable, constant backup power you need when you need it. Sats, uh, let's change codes a little bit because the world of rugby has also been in the news in the past week. One Israel Folau, who, let's face it, he's an absolute superstar. He's played at the highest level in league. He's played at the highest level in AFL. And now he's doing quite well for the Wallabies in the green and gold. But uh, on field, he's fantastic. Off field, you might say he's a bit questionable because earlier on in the week, um, he went and put up a post that was rather offensive depending on, you know, your your persuasions because it's no secret that he's a very religious man. He's a deeply religious man. And uh, as you know, there are some questionable values that he has that maybe conflicts with the majority of the population. But essentially, he went and said on social media, uh, gays, anyone that is a homosexual will be going to hell. This was in response to a, a question that was posed to him. And you mm. might say that he was baited a little bit, but nonetheless, he's still a player in the public figure. And boy, boy, did uh, was there a bit of a, a storm caused about this. But Rugby Australia met with uh, Israel Folau and his management. But you might even say there wasn't even a slap on the wrist. Don't. It was almost like, oh, well, he knows he's done something wrong. We'll all move on, shall we? Well, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, if you're the AAU. And... If they do penalise him, um, they get support from their commercial partners in Qantas. Alan Joyce, their CEO, is an openly gay man, a proud gay man as well, and um, is a strong supporter of, of the, the Wallabies. Um, if they come down hard on him, they give him a, a fine or a suspension, whatever it may be, that's exactly what the commercial sponsors require as, mm-hmm. as official partners. Then the other argument is if they do come down hard on him, the the freedom the the freedom, it's freedom of, speech. of speech he's been silenced and isn't he he's being silenced in, in in his beliefs and there are two arguments to this Nims and you know I, I don't agree with with what he wrote um if he believes in that that's fine totally agree with totally fine with with if that's what his beliefs are and if he's willing to put those out in the public domain he's got to be willing to also Cop receive the, the feedback yeah. and. And um, and also, if he, he didn't do it in a public domain, if he did it just in a, a group situation amongst personal friends or teammates, whatever it may be, he's got to be have the have the ability to be strong enough to withstand um, the onslaught that's going to come his way. So there are two arguments. You know, he, as a sport, you know, sport is a fantastic conduit to life, business, whatever it may be, and vice versa. You know, business is a great conduit to sport. So, but we we send this message out that we want people to be strong and stand up for what they believe in and. And don't be swayed about by others and other people's opinions. But then when we have someone like Israel Folau, and again, I want to make it plainly clear, I don't agree with what he said, okay, or what he tweeted, um, or Instagrammed, or all that Whatever. stuff. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, um, he put it out there. We'll yeah. Simple as that. But the minute that he does, he does speak one of his beliefs, voice one of his beliefs, we tell you to shut up. 
sit down and just shut your mouth. So there are two arguments to this. Um, I suppose when you look at it from a commercial point of view, he is the highest paid rugby union player for Australia on a million dollars a year. Um, there's a Out World of contract Cup next soon. year Out of contract and soon. off contract. So, yeah, does that play its part into we don't want to upset the golden child? Because there's NRL clubs that are just swimming the, the oceans just waiting for him to fall into the ocean so one of them can snap him up. So um, I don't know where I stand on this, Nims, to be quite honest. I don't agree with what he said. But then again, if that's his belief, and it is his belief. As you said, he's deeply religious. This mm. is what he truly believes. So if this is what he believes, why is everyone else telling him otherwise? Um, because you know, this is this is what he's grown up with the belief of. And we're not going to sway him. And if that's his belief... That's the, well. We've we've seen you know obviously we've had uh, the same sex marriage vote that's gone and uh, while a majority did say yes we agree that uh, you know homosexuals and gay people straight people whoever all should be able to be married there was still a large po- chunk of the population that said that they shouldn't so it's not like Israel Folau is uh, you know the one percent out there that's saying here's what I think because there's other people that do agree with him right or wrong personally my, personally myself you know I, I side with you that I think that his comments could be a little bit damaging. And I actually reckon that uh, if this was, you know, a lesser profile player, they would get the book thrown to them 100%. But uh, look, every other code has come out and damned him. Um, I know that uh, I think one thing that we can look as maybe a, a bright spot in this entire thing is Israel Folau has acknowledged that, you know, what he said may be seen as hurtful. Actually, no, not maybe, but can be seen as hurtful. So, but like you said, it's a fine line. Do you silence a bloke for having an opinion or do you just sort of put your head in the sand and move on? But look, there's my no... Biggest, yeah. My biggest concern for Israel Folau is that he thinks hell exists. Yeah. And and he also thinks the tooth fairy is true. <laughs> and the Easter Bunny also hopped into his place a couple of weeks ago. So that's my biggest concern for Israel Folau. Not the comment, is that he believes that hell actually exists. There's a guy down there with a pitchfork and lots of flames and it's really hot. And if you're really bad, you get thrown in this pit of fire. As I said to you during the week, Nims, Mm -hmm. if God is so great and he just wants goodness amongst, and he's so powerful, how come he just doesn't close hell? (laughs) He should just close hell. There's no hell. As I said to you, I think there's a big to-do list. He's got he's to get through it. First, he's got the laundry to do. He's got to go to Woolies and get some dinner. Then it's it's on the laundry list there. You can imagine that. But, uh, <laughs> hey, that wraps up the great debate. We do it for our mates at Kubota. Kubota diesel generators for serious backup power. Uh, we've got all the latest in our NRL tips coming up. Plus, we'll get into the hot topic. We'll do that next. Uh, welcome back to Off the Bench. Scott Sattler and Nims is all with you. Great to have your company uh, this morning. And just quickly, let's get into the... The hot topic because the Commonwealth Games are wrapping up very soon. Yep. For the past fortnight, um, I've actually been really surprised at how much I actually care and enjoyed the Com Games. Yeah, I love it. I love the Com Games uh, for a number of reasons. Nims, um, I love seeing Australia win anything. Yep. Uh, another thing is uh, any chance that we can get to inspire young athletes, adult athletes, mm-hmm. people who are struggling, whatever it may be, we need to grasp hold of that on any occasion and that's exactly what the Com Games is we see some amazing stories come out of the Com Games um, and I think we've seen some amazing stories come out of these Com Games as well still you know, still a couple to come of course but uh, you know, we always get so much success in the pool and uh, funnily enough you know, the, one of the first gold medals that we saw for Australia and I've, I found it really interesting and, and exciting to be quite honest actually is the Lawn Bowls it was the team <laughs> Lawn Bowls where we won a gold medal 
And I was watching it. I was rivet, it, was, it was just riveting watching this, this last ball slowly along the surface. And when it's sitting there, everyone, everyone excited, everyone starting to uh, tell celebrate. I, I loved it. You know, I just think there's, we, we get exposure to some athletes we know nothing about. And then we see that the, uh, the broadcasters have these amaz- this amazing ability to, to build a storyline about mm. some of the athletes. And I, 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 think it's, I think it's been fantastic. I think it's been a success. Um, many people who live on the Gold Coast will tell you it's been a success because it's got everyone out of Dodge and apparently the roads have never been <laughs> smoother. And there's no one at all on the Gold Coast other than the, the visitors that um, aren't wreaking havoc on the roads. So the locals will tell you it's been successful from that point of view. The retail, the retail um, outlets have told you, would tell you it's been unsuccessful because they've suffered a really big hit. Um, but from a, sporting, um, from a sporting perspective, it's been amazing. And uh, I think to also broadcast the Gold Coast um, around the world as well has, has been, it's always been known as a holiday destination, but now can probably be seen as as a major sporting hub as well. Yeah, 100%. I think uh, pats on the back all around because a lot of people are sceptical about the Com Games, but uh, they've done pretty well for themselves. Uh, that was the hot topic here on... Uh, can I tell you, yep, can I tell you my, my, my favourite event that I watched, the one that I was truly the excited for the entire Just on the edge um, of your duration. seat. Yeah, the, the t- both 4x100 medley relays mm-hmm. when the Australians both went in half a body length behind into the the freestyle, the, the last leg, and then also the emergence of this young Ariane Titmus, just oh. amazing. But my overall, my favourite event of all was the new teams triathlon. Two females, two males, make up one team. Really short format, I think like 250 metre swim, a 7k bike ride, 1.5k run, then they tag the next one who goes and does it. And Australia won gold in that as well. I found that highly entertaining. I'll tell you what I, who I... Speaking of, uh, and I love seeing you as the female javelin thrower for Sri Lanka. <laughs> as, as I said to you, I'm a man of many talents. But uh, just quickly though, do you know that Ariane Titmus actually, after once the games is done and dusted, she's back at school. When she won the Australian, the Australian qualification titles, hmm. that was on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The following Wednesday, she had to go and swim in her inter-school swimming carnival. <laughs> yeah. You know when you got zinc on your face and you're jumping around with your team colours, like yeah. green, red, blue, and yellow, whatever it is. You know, yeah, whatever your respective house is, yeah. you're, you're there. Apparently, uh, they put a blindfold on her, and, she, and they also tied up one of her legs. She still won the events. But, uh, yeah, it's it's great that a, a 17-year-old kid is on the world stage, and all of a sudden, on Monday, she goes back to school. Yeah, that is insane, that. And it uh, really makes me uh, wonder that I may have... Uh, undershot the bar when it comes to achieving in high school back in the day but nonetheless <laughs> what can you do uh, that was the hot topic we do it for our friends at first choice liquor and Kubota diesel generators for serious backup power the driver's seat preview for Kubota construction equipment the masters of engineering now last week it was the tyre power Tasmania super sprint and last year's super sprint was overshadowed by the huge shunt that took out half of the field with uh, miraculously only one driver that was injured. Now, Will Davison was that driver. And last week on the driver's seat, uh, Matt McKeldin and Steve Johnson had him, as, had him on as a guest. And we asked him if he has any battle scars from last year. That's what happens when you're the pioneer. When you're doing it, he's in. That's a massive crash there for Tanda. He's smart. That's Rick Kelly involved. Tim Blanchard, Moffat, they're all involved. Have a look at this. 
This will be red flagged. That is a uh, massive crash. Red flag, red flag. All cars are to stop on the grid in order, please. In their current order, all cars to stop on the grid with caution, please. Di Silvestro, Rulo, Moffat, Pye, Blanchard, Tander, Percat, Rulo, I mentioned. My goodness me. That 11 cars is a staggering scene in Tasmania. And there's another Brad Jones car in there. After the difficult day, they've had Rick Kelly. Massive damage on that car. That's Will Davison. That's decimated. That is huge. One third of the field. That was from external of the car and watching at home, Will Davison. That was sickening. I cannot imagine what you felt in that car. Yeah, well, I, I can imagine what he felt. <laughs> yeah, his well, Jats uh, crackers weren't feeling too good. He I was wearing his earrings inside the helmet. That was a sh- <laughs> mate. That was an absolute shocker. Well, listen, I tell you, you normally, you know, as a, as a guy, you, it's pretty specific when you get knackered, but um, <laughs> it wasn't that. Like I, I couldn't feel from my chest down to my knees. You know what I mean? Like Ooh, the pain from scary. that whole region. I, d- I didn't feel like I'd been as Stevie J put it so nicely, you know, the Jack's crackers, you know. Uh, it was my, obviously my back. Uh, I'd obviously uh, cracked a sort of a transverse process, just a little bone running off my vertebrae. Um, I was winded. Obviously, the belts had done their job, and, you know, a bit of concussion. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, not nice, but, you know, also, you know, um, yeah, it just happened so quick and um, didn't have much time to to brace or anything, which is probably a good thing for that actual final impact with Rick Kelly. Um, you know, I literally just pulled track with block. By that stage, I'd plucked fifth gear. I'd had no time to see the accident unfolding, where a lot of those other cars could probably see it unfolding a little bit, so I had the time to get on the brakes a bit. Uh, by the time I saw it, the track was blocked. They were doing 20k an hour. I jumped on the brakes. It locked the wheels momentarily, and I was just going to plough straight into the crash. So naturally, I got off the brake. I saw a gap to the to the left between yep. the cars and the fence. And so I got off the brake to sort of keep my steering, so to speak, because I didn't want to plough into them. And I just nearly got through this gap, and I was trying to steer through this gap, and I sort of got a little clip on the rear, which tore the wheel off and actually tore the brake lines off. Um, but then at that last second, Rick's just come from right to left. I didn't even see him, and... Um, I literally thought, oh, gosh, I'm through. I've made it through. And as I literally was saying it, I just had the biggest, most frightening impact that yeah. I've ever felt, that's for sure. Mate, uh, when when you go back and look at that, and you know, I'll encourage our listeners to go back and just, just Google Will Davison crash Tasmania 2017. We'll, we'll put it on our Facebook. Yeah, and, and just to have a look. And I, I remember watching that, mate, so many times, and... People don't know you've got a you've got a cool suit box which is actually on the left hand side of the cast like it's bolted down it's 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 quite a heavy unit but it's it's secured for an impact like this I mean that whole thing didn't it like that whole lid that you had dry ice flying around the car the the things that shook loose in that car from that impact was incredible yeah yeah it was like forty seven G or something so oh. it was just a you know just an immense I mean it did a great job the car I mean like. Uh, you know, the belt, the hands device, uh, all that stuff, you know, I, I was conscious the whole way through, but because you're so secure in there, you know, obviously all the energy that went through my body, I've never felt anything like it. And I've never felt a 
such instant pain. How's your brain feeling going into this weekend? Are you Is it just a race driver thing? I mean, I've had crashes. Stevie J, you've had crashes. I, I know it doesn't affect me when I go back to the track the next time. But is it, how are you feeling about it? Are you you're clear in your mind? No, no, no problems. I mean, it's it's uh, nothing. I don't even I don't even hold Tassie. Tassie doesn't even come into my mind when I think of the accident. I more just think of you know those type of conditions. And I've actually had a good run there. You've actually won. won, You've had a couple of wins there. It's actually been not a bad place for you. Yeah, it's a good track. I've I've made the headlines the last three years. In in 2015, I qualified the Erebus Cast third on the grid or fourth. Yep. And I got I got the jump on in front of my mate Courtney at the start and um oh, yeah. and then he turfed me round at the hairpin on That's the right. first lap. Right. It's all right, mate. We, we it's okay, a, mate. It's all right, mate. Words, <laughs> I was you know, just gutted we were gonna get that bends on the podium that day. That thing was a rocket round there and uh, and then obviously went back there in sixteen and double podium and got the win with Techno there. Yeah. And then last year I was just more peeved off that I couldn't uh couldn't even race because I'd been oh, maybe Top top four or five on Friday last year again, and it was looking like we were on for a good weekend. And then I it was wet in qualifying. I, I buried it in the gravel, caused a red flag, put myself dead last on the grid. And you know when you put yourself in those positions, in those conditions, they're the they're the things that happen. But yeah, at Bathurst last year, I was driving around Conrod in the spray, couldn't see a thing, and I, I won't lie, it did briefly come into my mind again. You know when I was holding my foot flat down Conrod into this ball of spray, there was a couple of laps there my foot wanted to lift a bit, but what can you do? That's, that's, that's the game we play, and it was a pretty unfortunate place for it to happen. We are back in the studio this week, and winner of the Super Sprint from 2018, Craig Lowndes, is our special guest. Make sure you catch the latest episode of The Driver's Seat this weekend or online via Facebook, where you can track down the podcast at Driver's Seat Show. And uh, you can join us here on Off The Bench. We're powered by Kubota. Kubota diesel generators provide reliable, constant backup power you need when you need it. And make sure you join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter. Head to Off The Bench Crew. Let's have a quick look at some footy tips for the rest of Round 6 for Big 4. Book now at big4.com.au. Let's start off with some Friday night footy sats. We've got Storm versus Knights. Yeah, I'm going to go to the Storm. Um, Billy Slater versus Carlin Ponga. Mitchell Pearce versus uh, Cameron Munster. It's going to be good, but I think the Storm will win. I think they'll win convincingly as well after uh, the dropping of Brody Croft. Yeah, I'll tell uh, you. The next, the next one on Friday night, Nims, of course, is the Dragons up against the Sharkies, the rivalry match. This is at Wollongong. Tough to beat the, the, the Dragons at Wollongong. Sharks are struggling to score points also. So I'm going to take the Dragons um, in 1-12. to What about, well, let's look at Saturday, shall we? Let's, um... Yeah, Saturday, Warriors versus Broncos. I'm going to take the Warriors. Again, just uh, they're travelling wrong nicely at the moment. They've got their skipper back in Simon Mannering. So um, I just think they're... Uh, they're travelling on beautifully, nice and balanced. The Broncos are struggling. What about the uh, the cows versus the Bulldogs? Yeah, the cows thirteen plus. I think if they're going to get back uh, into the winners' circle, the, the perfect team you want to play at the moment is the Bulldogs because they're struggling <laughs> again. Another team that's struggling to score points. They look like they're really predictable, and everything runs off Kieran Foran, so it's quite easy to defend against them. Ricky Stewart a couple of weeks ago said the Raiders were soft. How are they going to go up against the Eels? Well, they were tough last week. We know that. They got to a, a period of the game where they had players playing in other positions. They had two players that weren't coming back on the field. They really had to roll their sleeves up and play really tough last week, and they did that against the Bulldogs. BJ Lalu, I saw a change in maturity for him as a, as a leader of the side instead of being that, that idiotic player that comes up with ridiculous plays. So hopefully... Hopefully they've found something from last week's win, and uh, I think they'll beat the Parramatta Eels. Clint Gutherson back for Parramatta, which will be a lot better for them. 
On Sunday, we've got two pretty big games too. The Penny Panthers take on the Titans. You'd think this one was pretty easy uh, for the Panthers. Well, well, the way the Panthers are playing, you'd think so. But the Titans have been so resilient the last two weeks. But I think the Panthers will win. Again, they've sent a pretty big message to the rest of the competition there, how aggressively they're playing. Bryce Cartwright coming off the bench, but returning to play his beloved Panthers for the first time. It should be an interesting one. And to wrap up the round, you've got Manly taking on the West Tigers. And the Tigers have been a bit of a pocket rocket this season. I reckon they'll, yeah. uh, they'll, um, they'll do them over here. It's a good way to explain them, actually. A real pocket rocket. Unexpected, uh, unpredictable, but the way they've, they've been playing defensively. And also just their, the culture they've got within that team. Their fabric is really strong under Ivan Cleary. But Tom Trevojevic has been named after an ankle injury two weeks ago. I don't think he'll play. If he does, he'll be playing under sufferance. But I just think after being embarrassed last week by the Titans, I think the Manly uh, Seagulls will, will beat the Tigers. I don't know why. I can't explain why, but I just, I've got this feeling in my loins that they're going to beat the Tigers this weekend. <laughs> there you go. That's the uh, the Scotty Sattler loins guarantee here on, uh, on Off the Bench. Uh, that wraps up our footy tips. Hopefully we've picked you a winner. That's for Big Four Holiday Parks. Book your next great Australian break at bigfour.com.au. We got to get out of here. This has been off the bench. Sats, you have a great weekend, mate. Been no, good. We'll, you too, Nims. We do it for our friends at Kubota and First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. We'll catch the same time next week. See ya.